Hey, Jimbo, you ready for this deal? Live action. <laughs> Jimbo. Old stories like long lost friends. Rodeos and late night bends. History before our time. Round pens and pasture rides. Cowboys of the Osage. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Cowboys of the Osage podcast, brought to you by the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum, located right here in downtown Pahuska, Oklahoma, and the Artisans of the West Gallery we're sitting in right now, also located in Pahuska, Oklahoma, within the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum. <laughs> Was that confusing enough for you, Jimbo? No, I got it. All right. Hey, it's old Cody here, and as always, I got my main man with me. Mr. Rodeo Historian himself, Mr. Songwriter himself, got two songs published, Jimbo Snively. Morning, Jimbo. Who do we have today? Hey, Cody Boy. It's just another great day in the Osage, man. And Cody, we got Tracy Morrison with us today, and he's a master bit maker, makes a few spurs, but we've got two of them right here on the table that he made, and of course, you've got the best gallery. Is there a better place in the United States where you go see... Better stuff than this in one spot. Anyway, we've got it going on here at the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum for sure. And uh, Tracy's got stuff on display. And we've also got uh, Jay Adcock with us today. Of course, he's a rawhide, rawhide braider and member of the TCAA. And he's been with us several times and great friend of the museum. And we're going to get into the uh, cowboy art world a little bit today. And uh, Tracy... Welcome to the Cowboys Ill Sage Podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's our pleasure. Yeah, thanks for coming in, Tracy. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having <laughs> me. <laughs> Shoot, yeah. Tracy, where'd you grow up? I was, grew up in Chelsea, Oklahoma, USA. Wow. Yep. Were you all, were you in the cowboy life or? Uh, yeah, my 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 grandpa was a horse trader, so I was you know raised cattle, traded horses. Me and my brother was his crash test dummies growing yeah. up. So, well, yeah. Been around Good it. job if you don't get killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By a horse or yeah. a mad customer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Could happen. I've seen it all in the horse trade. What was his name, Tracy? Tom Morrison. Tom Morrison. All right. Yeah. I always like to hear a good horse trade Name of a good old horse trader and maybe a good old horse trading story. You got any good horse trading stories on, on him? Yeah. Uh, he called uh, Bobby Hefner up. You know, Bucky Hefner was the rookie of the year up oh, there. Oh, yeah. Several time national yeah. finalist. Uh, so winner he, of the Cheyenne Frontier Days. Bucky Hefner's Bobby ropes good, too. Oh, yeah. Whole family ropes yeah. good. So he called Bobby up one day and he goes, I think I found a horse for you. Supposed to be a he's good kid horse. He'd be great. Bobby says, I'll be right over and try him out. Bobby comes over, gets on that horse, and that horse bucks so hard it rips the M seams out of Bobby's pants. <laughs> and he says, Tom, I thought you said that was a kid horse. He goes, Well, the people I just bought it from told me it was. <laughs> <laughs> He's not an adult horse, Bobby. <laughs> You've never seen anything like that, have you? Kid horses are the worst thing to ever trade on. You just don't want to. No, you don't want to touch true. with a ten foot stick because the best kid horse in the world. Sure enough, the second you tell someone it's a kid horse, yes. it's going to run off with someone. It's going to buck someone off. It's going to run under the clothesline with the kid. You just don't want to mess with a kid horse. Oh, absolutely. You know, and there's some kids that ride a little bit like Casey Tibbs, and most don't. <laughs> Holy moly. Uh, did you know Clint McSpadden over there, Chelsea? You know, yeah, I grew up with him, and I never thought anything of it. He was just old Clem. I'd go in the cafe, and we'd sit down next to each other and have breakfast and drink coffee and visit, and, you know, wasn't until I kind of got out in the world where everybody knew who Clem McSpadden was, and he was a big deal, and I just thought he was just old Clem, you know? Hey, Jimbo, give us a little history on Clem McSpadden for everybody that don't, don't know him. Well, he was, uh, of course, best known for as a rodeo announcer, 
but he was a state representative and for a long time, and then he was a state senator, and uh, he uh, was a Navy veteran, you know. But but it, he put on the national final. He he oversaw the national finals for years when it moved to Oklahoma City, and, uh, and that's what he's best known for. The voice of rodeo for a long time. Great ambassador to rodeo. None better. And he's a nephew to Will Rogers. <laughs> he had the gift of gab too. Holy yeah. moly! Yeah. He could roll on, roll on, roll on, talk about everything but the roping going on. Then he could mention the roping going on and keep you completely caught up with it. He knew everybody's horse and their wife's name and their grandkids. You know, he, he, he really did his homework and knew everybody. He didn't have to play loud music to fill in the gap, you know, and stuff. He, he, knew, he knew his stuff. I saw him on some old videos and stuff. He had a lot of bands behind him, though. Right. That would play, yeah, yeah. you know. And they even organ players. Right. It's just evolved a little bit, Jimbo. Oh, yeah, I guess. I'm just right. old school. Them old men in that rock and roll. I know. That's right. <laughs> it's that devil music. Tell as old as time. <laughs> Tell as old as time. Right. Oh, shoot, I got off on people from Chelsea. What about the victories over there? Oh, yeah. Yep. There's some cowboy guy. Oh, yeah. Son of a guns, old Clark. No, man. Bill, I knew Bill Victor. He's still alive, I think. Yeah, as far yeah, as I Bill. know. Yeah. Build, a, build a set of pins for him one time, probably 35 years ago, 40 years ago. I hadn't been around his boys much in the last several years, but I think they really got some stuff going on with the big roping they produced oh, there. Oh, yeah. At the, it's kind well, of like they kind of took, Yeah, to they took over the pasture roping deal. You know, I think Timmy puts that on mainly. I don't Quite know. the event, I think. Oh, yeah. Holy that's moly, a, there's that's a big bands. Deal. And it's a, I think it's Labor Day weekend or something. Yep. So uh, everybody check that out. Lazy. V, Lazy 5, Lazy, Lazy V, probably. 105. I think they give them a 105 head start. Now, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, 105 foot and head start? Yeah, because it used to be 101, I think. So they had to kind of change it up a little bit. So I like it. Oh, I'd yeah. like to watch that booger. It yeah. can get wooly. <laughs> I, <got mad. laughs> I don't like those short scores like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what made you get into the bit and spur making? Well, you? you know, I cowboyed around a lot for. A lot of years, and I was 44 and got in a horse wreck and broke my arm, and at that age, it takes a little bit longer to heal up, so I thought, well, I'll get me a job in town. Well, I got me a job in town, <laughs> and I didn't like it. <laughs> so I started building, you know, some bits and spurs, or thought I wanted to build some bits and spurs and just make some cool stuff for myself and, you know, kind of keep in contact with my cowboy buddies and stuff, and it just kind of took off from there, so... Been really fortunate, really blessed that, that it's done as good as it has. Did somebody help you right there at the beginning? Yeah, two guys were instrumental in that. And Leon Hughes, bit maker, pretty pretty famous around here for, you know, making lots of bits for these ropers and what have you. And Kenny Steidley. Oh, yeah, I know Kenny well. Yeah, he's pretty good steer tripper himself. Oh, yeah, we used to rope <laughs> together all the time. <laughs> Uh, we were board members on the Osage Steer yeah. Open Club together, me yeah. and Kenny. Kenny's a great guy. You know, he was an educator his whole life, so he really was good at, at, at teaching me the fundamentals of what it took to build nice bits and spurs. So without those two guys, I'd still be spinning my wheels, you know. Yeah, that Kenny, he's been making some pretty nice stuff. I remember when he was going to get into bit and spur making, He, me and him talked about it at a club roping once, and I'll be danged next time I saw him. He was really producing some quality oh. stuff, and it's getting better and better, better all the time. Better I, and better. I keep up with him on Facebook. One of the things that he told He's a good me, dude. Oh, great guy, great guy. No, no doubt about it. Couldn't ask for anybody better, you know. But one of the things he always, always harped on was, you know, no matter what you do, make sure it's clean. So I've always tried to do that, you know, make sure it's clean. All the metal works clean, all your finish is clean. So. That's the worst part about the whole job, it seems like. Oh, it's, yeah, it stinks. <laughs> finishing it up and making it look good at the yeah, end. Yeah, because, you know? you know, you spend all that time on something, and you get right there at the end, and you want to race to the finish line. Well, you can't, you know, or you'll just mess up the whole process because if it's not clean and finished and done right, all that work beforehand just kind of goes to a gutter. So, <laughs> You remember the first bit you made? Yeah. I wish I could have it back so I could bury it someplace. <laughs> yeah, it was just no stiff bit. It was, it was pretty bad, pretty rough. But 
you know, hey, got to start someplace. I'd like to have it because it'd be a collector's item one of these days. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, you know, the first set of headstall buckles I made, made for a friend of mine, and uh, I stamped them 01. I don't stamp my numbers or anything, but this one's stamped 01. And I've tried and tried and tried to buy those off of him. I've offered him all kinds of money for him. He won't sell them to me because they're another thing that I'd like to bury in the backyard. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. Well, I think you'll change your mind about that one of these days. And I was fortunate enough that my mother has my first stuff, and I felt the same way you did. I'm glad she kept it hid <laughs> at her house. But it's fun to, to look back on and realize, you know, everybody starts somewhere. And it's good for the rest of the world, too, the, the younger generation looking up to you to see how you could say, hey, here's my first bit. Right. You know, and it, it inspires people to know that, that you, everybody starts somewhere and it's not on the top. No, it's definitely not on the top. Uh, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of work, you know, a lot of time. But you all start at knowing nothing, pretty much, you know. I didn't know anything. I was fortunate enough to have a dad that was a welder, you know, really good welder, so I was brought up around that, around metalwork, which helped. But I didn't know where to buy solder, what solder was, didn't, you know, any of that stuff. So, yeah, Kenny helped me with all that. What kind of tools does it take to make a set of bits like that? Bandsaw, file, sander. How do you, how do you make that bend right there? Torch and a hammer. Just a little jig of some kind, just... Yeah, uh, I had it way overcomplicated, and then I went up to Ernie Marsh's, and he showed me a way that was so easy, it made me feel stupid, but yeah. <laughs> He's got a little jig that's nothing more than just a little square box that you do, and it's pretty simple. There, and it, it, none of this is uh, right. rocket science, you know. Right. It's just a matter of doing it and figuring out the easiest and mm -hmm. best way, get the mm -hmm. best results, so. Yeah. Well, I admire your diversification. I mean, you've got a Texas, Oklahoma, Southwest bit there, the, the Ben Johnson trophy bit for the ranch, WRCA Ranch Rodeo here. And then uh, you've got those California styles right there. And there's a lot of bit and spur makers that aren't that diversified in their styles. Well, you know, I, the Texas, you know, Southwest, Oklahoma, bits is what I cut my teeth on shoot I didn't know that a horse could ride in anything except an old grazer bit till I was probably 15 16 years old because that's what everybody rode you right know? so that's what I know and the California style bits has just been something I've picked up and just studied a lot about because they're fun they're intricate there's a lot goes into them and you get paid <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about material just a little bit what how many different materials are in that? Uh, on this one, there's, you know, just your steel. You got some copper, fine silver, 24 karat gold. What's this piece here? Is, it, is that chromed or? No, no, that's just polished steel. Just polished steel, okay. Yeah, polished steel, yeah. That's your shiny, isn't it? What's the difference in fine silver and sterling silver? Uh, just a little bit different alloy. alloy. It's not much, you know, just fine silver to me, is a lot easier to work with. I don't know. Fine silver is almost pure silver. Yeah, and there's sterling just, silver's uh, ninety-two point five percent silver. Nine two five. Yeah, uh -huh. so fine's a higher grade. Nine nine nine. So, and sterling's a little more durable it when is. you're making stuff out of it. It is. So, and then a silver just, coin. Just like on, uh, just like on gold. You know, most of your gold jewelry is fourteen, eighteen carat, right. ten carat. Barry, you're not going to see any gold jewelry that's made out of 24 no, karat. No, it's, too, it's soft. too soft. And, you know, that this inlay here on this one, it's 24 karat, and that's probably the best to use for inlays because it is so soft. You can get it, you can get it beat down in there easy without marring anything up. So I couldn't even make the stand that they're sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. That's... Now, do you tap in all those inlays? All by hand. Oh, yep. you bet. And then file them off or sand them off? Sand them off with an old stone. <laughs> hey, take this pen on that bit right there and just point out the different parts of a bit and tell us the names of them for everybody because I, I don't even probably know all the correct names of every part of a bit right there. Just This one here? Because not everybody knows everything that watches this. 
Well, I mean, you got your, what they call a cheek or a shank. Um, that's that whole side piece right there. That's whole side piece. Okay. And that's a Fresno style? Is Fresno that or a Santa Paula, you know, okay. you can go by either okay. one. Um, this square part right here that gives you a little bit of, of action for your signal. It's called the J box, and of course, you got your, your mouthpiece, and then your cricket. What are those for? Uh, fidget spinners, basically, for a horse, I think. You know, keeps them, gives them something to do if they get, get uptight or whatever, you know. Why are they copper instead of steel? Well, but we could get into a long conversation about that. They, somebody come up with the idea that copper makes them salivate more, but I don't know if anybody's ever really sat down and talked with a horse and know if they really do slobber more with the copper or if they just, you know. Yeah. Same with those sweet iron mouthpieces. What is sweet iron? I've never got a real good answer on that, but it works, you know. <laughs> you can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds good, 100% yeah. sweet it does sound iron good. mouthpiece. Yeah, it does sound good. good. That's made out of sweet iron out of there. Sweet boys. iron. <laughs> and then down here, these are called your stirrups. You know, you can attach these rain chains to them, or you can just get a leather connector and use that to attach your males to. And then you got your... Your chains here, which just acts as, helps as a counter, counter, counterbalance, keep them from, so. Yeah, a lot of this is a lot, uh, lot newer to me than the Texas style, but. What style is that bit you built for the top horse for the Ben Johnson? Oh, that's classic kind of Buster Welsh style bit or cheek with just a nice, stiff, high to medium port. How long has that style been around? Probably have to ask Buster Welch that. <laughs> you got any info on Buster Welch, Jimbo? No, not really, Cody. Hey, you remember that time that uh, Marvin Cantrell said he had a match cutting right, Buster right. Welch against yeah. Matlock Rose, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Something so. like that. Yeah, he was a master. Uh, they had a bridleless match guy, cutting at sure. this fellow's oh, wow. house. Didn't even have bridles on nice. the horse. Is that what he said, Jimbo? I think so. Story's getting bigger. Yeah, the story's getting bigger and bigger. I'm not helping out any no. with that, but it was something pretty major. We got to. I got to go back and listen to that because that was a pretty amazing story. Yeah, yeah. But he about, was about the most famous cutting horse guy, I guess, of all time. You know. You know, my roping saddle that I roped on all the years was a Buster Welch modified to a roping saddle. Right. Tree. Yeah. Well, that yeah. guy was sure influential on. Oh yeah. The world of horses and. Big time. Western way of life. And, and still is. I know he's gone Cowboys. now, but he'll be he influential just, he just for a long recently, time. Think, yeah, didn't he? yeah well, just a year or so. Yeah, Buster Welsh never be gone, though. He'll no, live that's on what I'm saying. He'll be influential from, for a long time. Tracy, you might show on there the difference in that, like you've got a solid cheek, solid bit in that Buster Welch type bit, and then you've got the looser, uh, looser cheeks. Okay, yeah. Like if you pick that, that California bit up. Right. Yeah, this... This is a just stiff bit, what they call, so, you know, there's no give. It's stiff. It's all there is. And then these are, I guess, what you'd call signal bits, so they're loose. Yeah, pick that up, and you can see where, you can see how much play is in those, yeah, yeah. In those cheeks. There's lots of play in there. Mm-hmm. Hey, you break it, you buy it, Tracy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but, oh, excuse me. Go no, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you to explain that because I know there'd been some. I'd been in on several discussions about how loose a bit needs to be like that. Well, you could probably ask ten different people and get ten different answers. You know, some want them stiff, some want them loose. I just got through having a conversation with. He used to be the uh, cow boss up there on the gang ranch in British Columbia, and he goes, he likes his a little bit stiffer because they'll always loosen up in time. But then I've had other people that said they want them loose from the get-go. That way, there's a signal there before the mouthpiece ever gets into the palate of the mm-hmm. horse. So, you know, it's I think it's just personal preference. Right. Hmm. Absolutely. Did you just cut that? Was that just a, a big piece of mild steel, and you cut it out with plasma torch? Oh, that, no. No, that's that's a bandsaw. Bandsaw. In yeah. There. Okay. So I cut this. Right here, you can't tell, but this right here, I ran my bandsaw through that right there and then cut around and, well, nibbled around and then welded that back up solid again. What kind of bandsaw can you put that on? 
how little does that have to be? Well, like I said, you've just got to nibble around. There's a lot of file work that goes in yeah. there after you get right. it pretty close. Right. No, if you'd come to my shop, it's nothing fancy. It's pretty caveman in there. <laughs> no plasma cutter? No plasma cutter. Matter of fact, my old bandsaw is just one of those porter bands that I've made a stand for and got a hot pedal for. That's it. <laughs> what kind of welders are you using? I use a Lincoln TIG. Yep. That TIG's so much cleaner, isn't it? Well, it seems I, like. I never was able. All I can do is get a welding rod stuck to a piece of metal and burn a big hole at <laughs> big old hole in the piece of metal that I, it's stuck to. I'm real good at that. But Well, at, at some point, you decided you branched out a little bit or went to, you know, making or wanting to make these West Coast-style bits. When was that? I have some good friends that, that live and work up there on the Wagon Hound in Wyoming. And uh, I've got to credit them for this because they've kind of, when I first started out, they said, hey, could you do something like this? I'm like, I don't know nothing about it, you know, and they say, well, <laughs> try it. So I'd try it, and they would give me feedback and stuff, and so they, and they pushed me along and pushed me along and pushed me along, and so, yeah, they got me going. They had faith in me, you know. They seen something in me and, and pushed me to do something other than just what I was used to and what was comfortable for me, so. And that, that wagon hound they own and have shown a, a bunch of horses in the NRCHA, yes. the National Rain Cow Horse. Top place, sounds like. Oh, for oh, sure. Man. Have you ever fun. had to just throw one in the trash? <laughs> I've got a little creek behind my house. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of Ernie's story. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, we've been talking about Ernie. Give us a little background on Ernie real quick. Well, Jay, Jay probably knows him better than I do, but, you know, in my opinion one of the best in the world as far as bit and spur makers and uh just the nicest most humble man you'd ever want to meet great human being can't say enough good things about him what makes his stuff so much better than everybody else's in your opinion ernie's got a style all his own and he does it ernie's way you know, he don't compromise. It's Ernie's way. And what he does is, in my opinion, just perfect. Yeah, and I don't know if Ernie was the original one to do it, but when I see engraving in steel, I think Ernie Marsh. Well. Because that's where I first noticed it. Yeah. You know, all the engraving in the steel it, yeah. besides the silver. Yeah, I'm heavily influenced by Ernie Marsh. Where'd you learn to engrave? You're a great engraver, I can tell you that right now. Where did you learn that? Was it natural? I mean, were you artistic to begin with? I've always drawn and stuff okay. like that. And uh, in May of 2020, I was supposed to go up to GRS and take an engraving mm -hmm. class. And, uh, of course, COVID hit and shut everything down. So I just said, well, heck, I'll just I'll figure it out. Teach myself. I'll teach myself. So, yeah. Been doing it a little, mm, little over three years now. Started out with, didn't know how to do nothing. Now, do you mark that with some type of marker first, or just engrave? Just start right off engraving. I, yeah, I mean, you could look at both sides of these, and and uh, they're different, right? You know, right. because I just freehand everything. Right, right. You don't draw a pattern like some of those guys do on there. No, I made like. Uh, Put my backbones in there, kind of get me an idea of what I want to do. But then after that, it's just willy nilly. Yeah, that looks more than willy nilly to me. Well, thank you, I Jimbo. It. I went to an engraving school one time. This fellow by the name of Johnny Wirts, but he was selling GRS equipment, mm -hmm. and uh, he invented some styles of engraving. This fellow, a style called the Bright Cut, and uh, a few other styles. But all I got out of it was the wriggle. And the, the wheat cut, that's all I really got out of the whole deal. Pretty much the easiest thing. I have no zero artistic ability. I sold my engraver years yeah. ago. I've had some of my friends, you know, from here in Texas say, well, why don't you ever just do some of that traditional Texas-style stuff, you know, with the wheat cut? I'm like, 
I've tried. <laughs> I can't do wheat cut. <laughs> it looks like cock. <laughs> and they're like, you got to be kidding me. You do that other stuff, but you can't do a wheat stalk. I'm like, I can't. Tried and tried and tried. Can't do it. So I'll just stick with what I can do. What do you call that pattern? Oh, relief and Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy, basically. But that's a Las Cruces bit, correct? Las yes. Cruces cheek. Las Cruces cheek and a. I don't even know what you'd call that mouthpiece. I've got it written down someplace. Whatever uh, is Spanish for lollipop, that's what I call really? it. <laughs> that's kind of like a half-breed yeah. spoon. Yeah. What's It'd that? almost be like a barcano or barcano without, Volcano, the, without the braces. Yeah. Right. A barcano is like a, it's got the braces. It's a spade without the spoon. Oh, okay. So you got the braces, comes up just a little bit, and it doesn't come up with your spoon on a, on a spade. Gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah, you might have to, I might have to take that to Tulsa with me this afternoon to see if I can. They'll name it. Do it. Try to sell it while you're up there. Well, I was going to say fifty percent commission. <laughs> you make a few spurs. Uh, I do. Are they harder to make, easier to make? Or? Oh, in my opinion, they're a lot harder to make. Really? Yeah. Just a lot to them, you know. Mm-hmm. If you want to do them and do them right, there's a lot to it. And then you got to do it twice. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I've got a few a few spurt orders on the book. So, I'm going to have to suck it up and do them, I guess. How do you market your stuff? The internet has a lot to do with it now, probably. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't for Facebook, I yeah. I wouldn't know what to do. Because right. that's it. I don't have a website or anything like that. I'm just, I'm not a very good businessman. I just build my stuff and stick it out there, and if people like it. Where's you know, all your stuff going now? Oh, man, all over. I uh, just got through sending the, I've had a couple bits that went up to British Columbia, quite a few to California, a lot to Wyoming, Montana area. And thanks to Jay, I just got an order to go to Switzerland. So, mm. Fifty percent. Don't forget. Sounds that. about right. I'm only, I'm only getting ten dollars for this bit, though. Hey Tracy, you uh, you said you cowboyed around before you started building bits of spurs. What it, what's cowboying around? Oh, uh, you know. What were you doing? I had a couple camp jobs. You know, I worked on a spur for about five years. You know, worked for. That's a big old place. Man, oh man. Pretty rough out there, too. It's all old strip mine land, you know, <laughs> reclaimed land. So, yeah, worked there. You know, I've day worked all over the place up there at Sedan with uh, Clint. They worked with him and out there on a big creek. I don't even know what they call that anymore, you know. When you day work for somebody, what, what are you doing? Only the fun stuff. <laughs> you know gathering gathering the wild ones or the ones that wouldn't come in or dragging calves or you know whatever i like dragging those calves but i sure like go catching them catching them ones that won't come in you know that's what i'm about faster the better that's a cowboy in it that is to me yeah i, I like catching them then the party's over yeah i know gotta get them <laughs> this is going to sound like a stupid question but what is what's dragging calves for everybody that doesn't know exactly what that is tracy well you know you pull everything in mamas and babies and stuff and then you sort them off and you got to mark up them calves so you only know who they are and you know can't be loaded in the trailer by some yahoo in the middle of the night you know so Get them in there, get them hemmed up, rope them by two, drag them to the fire, cut them, ear notch them, vaccinate them, brand them, let them go. Always by two. Always by two, Jay. <laughs> you never want to be a one hot Johnny. <laughs> There's a lot of, there seems to be a lot of rules in this dragon calf deal in, in the few that I've been in, involved in. Well, there is. And, you know, I mean, a lot of them are unspoken, which that's kind of crazy, but they are unspoken, and how they get transferred or, or passed on is crazy. But Well, the thing that I've noticed, a lot of places, <clears throat> just miles apart, sometimes the rules are a little different at that calf dragon than they are at the other one. Yeah, they are. 
I mean, most of them are the same, I, I guess. They're all the really close. What's some of the unspoken rules? Just so if some greenhorns get out there, maybe you can save them in the, an ass eating. <laughs> well, I have gotten off my horse and took my boot heel and drug a line across the dirt and said, you boys, <laughs> do not go past this line. Let me drag it to you, you know. So, yeah, don't get in there and get ran over. Let me drag it to you, and then you can do your work on it. So that's one of them. Cody, I used to make uh, cab tables. I thought, boy, I'm really going to cut a fat hog with these things because yeah. uh, nobody was making them and everything. I made four or five, but they I ended up selling them, but too many people want to drag calves. You know, they don't want no calf table. They want to be a cowboy and drag those calves. That's the farmer way of doing it. I know, yes. I guess. Well, if you, if you, uh, you know, if you're dragging your calves to the fire, you can get a horde of people to come help you and mm-hmm. not have to pay any of them. Right. You get a calf table, you're going to pay everybody double and there might be three show up. <laughs> yeah. What's it cost you? A, a, a couple coolers of beer, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe some food. Very little food. Yeah, I'm just what all goes yeah. on. I know. It's a, I know everybody loves it. I know it's a big time. I was just trying to trying to get what all goes on at, at these calf dragons. Oh, it's just it's just good fun. Most, What's some other unspoken rules, Jay? What you got? Well, Jay goes on, to a lot of calf dragons. Yeah, it depends on where you are. There's a. I know you get south of here, and uh, you'll have if you got two guys, you got two guys roping. You'll have a line down the middle of that pen. This guy doesn't go on this side, and that guy doesn't, you know, vice versa. You'll have, and a lot of times, when I was down there, they would have, uh, you'd have your branding fire right in the middle, and a set of flankers on each side. And this guy drags to that set of flankers. This guy drags to that set of flankers, and you never. And and really, it's a good rule because there's not any willy nilly in around. You know, you know exactly where you're going, who you're flanking for, and and, uh, and such. And uh, you and know, you just try to make it easy. You got to take pictures and put it on Facebook too. It's always pretty popular. Have you dallied up on your horse? Yeah, and, you only know, if you got two. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you got two, even if you have to have somebody put it in yeah. there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got him. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, the best pictures are always taken. Though you got to have your horse ears in the in yeah. the picture. Oh, yeah. in the crosshairs. Yeah, I right. guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> you mentioned it's a majestic uh, picture when you take hell i even done it you know a yeah. long time ago it's like oh, this is a cool picture did you see the one i took a couple of winters ago where i got one of ella's little toy barbie horses <laughs> it was cold snowy son of a gun and i uh, i was feeding some cows so i stuck that barbie head out the window rolled it down just enough where i could stick that barbie head up there and took a picture of those cows and Oh, I'm freezing to death trotting through them this morning. <laughs> Put it on Facebook. And very few noticed. <laughs> Some Tracy, did. Yeah. Tracy, you mentioned that those strip mining over there in that area and, and reclaiming the, the land. What do they do to reclaim those? Or what can they do? It just looked like a big hole in the ground. Well, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of that a right. whole lot, but they're supposed to go in there and uh, – you know, level all the ground out to about the way it was before they went in there and dug those pits. Oh, how much would that take of dirt? Though? Well, you know, and then they're supposed to put so many feet of topsoil back on top of right. it. Right. Which I don't think so because there's a lot of rock over there. Man, there's uh, a lot of rock. When I was a kid, we'd go to the rodeo at Vanita, and that was a big deal to drive through there because you'd see those big old scoops and crane-looking mm-hmm. things, you know, uh, We'd never seen anything like that over here in the Osage. And I just remember those big old pieces of equipment over there in those big old strip mines. And uh, I just wonder, I, I just can't imagine filling those holes back up. I was thinking of that the other day when we were driving over there uh, east of Nowata. You know where those strip mines we're yeah. talking about, those long trench-looking deals through there? Oh, is that what those are? Yeah. Yeah, those old, not a mine, what'd they call it? Pit. Coal pits. Yeah. Coal pits. Yep. Yeah. Good fishing in them, though. Tracy, did you ever think that uh, when you're sweating your rear off over there at that Spur Ranch, she's going to be showing some uh, high-dollar bits up at the Cattle Barons deal up in Pendleton, Oregon? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Or have bits over here at the Ben Johnson uh, 
days artisans of the West show? No, though you know, I just envied those guys. You know, I wouldn't say envy. I respected those guys and just was in awe of, you know, the guys that could do that. I didn't think it was ever possible. It never even crossed my mind to do something like that. You know? Holy moly, now you're showing side by side with those guys. Yeah, it's unreal. It's hard to believe. It really is. It's hard to believe. I, you know, I. It sounds strange, but I get imposter syndrome sometimes because I don't feel like I deserve to be next to those guys. You know. Did you ever dream you'd be doing podcasts, showing your bits, <laughs> when you didn't even know what a podcast was? I'm, I'm still not too keen on that. It's kind of weird. <laughs> so you, I bet you, he, I bet he has his own podcast next week. Right, too. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I knew he'd be great on this. Uh, these pair of bits, you made those for the Ben Johnson Days Artisans of the West show, which they have over at the Constantines. A great show. Um, Jay, he's on the the board of that show and helped get it started and helped keeps guys like you coming. Um, tell us a little bit about that show, guys. And, and it's always Father's Day week, the week of Father's Day, Father's Day weekend right here in uh, Pahuska, Oklahoma. They have a big reception earlier in the week, and then the show runs the rest of the week. And then just tell us a little bit about the show and what it is, Jay. Well, the, the whole idea started was that, that Barbara Jakes and Marlene Mosley, they wanted to have a cowboy gear show. And uh, I thought, well, it'd be great if we, uh, we had a few TCAA unsold pieces, pieces that had been through the, the annual show at the Cowboy Hall of Fame. I thought, well, if we could start out you know, with something like that, some of the, you know, some of the stuff we have in here in the gallery. Some upper echelon people, for sure. That Oh, yeah, some pretty good hands, all members of the traditional Cowboy Arts Association. But we decided to have a show with that, and then uh, we wanted to invite some people of, you know, uh, doing some outstanding work to, to go along <laughs> with it. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> and uh and anyway it's 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 just grown. This is the second year, this last year was the second year we've had it, and I think it'll just keep getting bigger and better. Uh some some really, really nice cowboy gear. Bits, spurs, rawhide work, uh silver work, you name it. We're on the subject of shows. You got a big show coming up. Yes, sir. Oklahoma City. I'm going to call it the Cowboy Hall of Fame. You can tell That's them the, what the I pronoun- call it. the. It'll I, always be the Cowboy Hall of Fame. What is it, Jimbo? Tell us what the, the official one so they can find it on uh, Google when they're driving there. I don't know. National Museum of the Cowboy. Or, and Western uh, Heritage. How, how Western Heritage, yeah. Na- National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. Yeah, there you go. Oklahoma City. Yeah. AKA the and, Cowboy Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and our, our annual traditional cowboy arts TCAA show is uh, October 6th and 7th is when it opens. Uh, we'll have a dinner and reception there and a uh, big party, and then everything down there will be on display at the Cowboy Hall of Fame till right after the first of the year. So it runs for a few months. All the yes. stuff's available to look yes. at. But if you want to buy it first shots the first week, right? Yes. It probably the, stays for uh, sale the whole time. The it is for sale the whole time, but but uh, it's all picked through by then. It's all usually, you know, there'll be <laughs> ain't nothing left. There'll be, you know, hopefully over ninety percent sold that weekend, the opening weekend. And you know, there's always a chance. You know, we, you know, I might end up with something unsold, and, and uh, hopefully not. But if it is, we'll end up here at the Artisans of the West Gallery. So but, this is the deal where we've been under construction for a little over a year, it seems like, and we're just we're still under construction. But by the time this podcast comes out, we'll be pretty well completed, and and uh, there's going to be a lot of great stuff in here. There's, like I said, it's open while it's under construction, but by the time this uh, podcast comes out, I imagine we'll be pretty close to 100 percent completed with the construction and. You know, just uh, kind of tell people what this gallery is going to be, Jay. Um, in your opinion, and and I'll I'll give my opinion on it too. Well, we're uh, in conjunction with we're having the artists of the West, artisans of the West uh, art show, you know, Father's Day weekend, 
and it's all for sale as well. And you know, as you and I talk, we we agreed that that anything that is quality enough to go in that show and sell be good enough to have on display and for it's sale museum quality the, anyway here in our gallery. And you know, this gallery, Tracy, we got these pair of bits of Tracy's in here. This gallery may be one of the very few places, if not the only place in the world that has this 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 type and this amount of stuff. You know, we have braided rawhide pieces over there from Pablo Lozano out of Argentina, also Maximo Prado out of Argentina. We have, uh, who made those those reins and stuff over there? Uh, Nate Wald. Nate Wald. That's Billy, a big name in yeah, Rawhide right Alvin. there. Wilson Capron, we're looking at some matte lit stuff here. You know, Pedro, Troy West. Pedro Padrini. <laughs> Jay Adcock. <laughs> yeah, Jay Adcock. Yeah. You know, we could go on and on. Don't Ernie forget. Marsh back here, his brother. We got two brothers yeah. on display. I mean, pretty rare deal. We have a right here. This is a one-off. That Jay made. He a Rietta Jay made. He's only made one of them, and we have it for sale right here <laughs> in the museum. And he made this quite some time ago. So this is a one-off vintage Jay Adcock piece right here. Well, I'd made a bunch of Riettas, but it's the only one that's a four six, four six, and eight strand. Like I said, the only one like it. There's not another one like it. You right the first time. Don't don't leave Jill out. Yeah. Jill over here. Jill. Wait a minute. Let me say her name. Jill. Latino Yamate. It's probably Latino Yamate. Wow, that is pretty. Yeah, she does great work. Yamate. And you know, we have a few original paintings by (laughs) Cameron Free, great legacy art family from here. So it's just one of the really the only places I can't think of anywhere in the world besides maybe a high-end auction, LaBelle's auction, something like that, A&S auction, where... There's this much stuff available to buy, but this is available to buy year-round, six days a week, seven days a week if you call me and make an appointment, on the shelf, ready to go. Um, if you don't want to wait, you know, like Wilson Capron, he don't take orders. He'll take your order, and he, he has to decide whether he wants to make it for you or not. I mean, that's how hard some of this stuff is to get your hands on. How far behind are you if we ordered a bit from you today, Tracy? Oh, I try to keep it at a minimum. I'll shut my books off so I don't get so far behind. So I try to stay at least eight months. You know, if I kept my books open and took all the orders that people... So you're eight months behind yeah. unless unless someone's in a bind? Right, right, right. What about you, Jay? Oh, I'm right around a year. So if you don't want to wait a year, if you don't want to wait eight months... This is the only place to come get it. Yep. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just promoting the Western way of life here, and we're promoting the best of the Western way of life right here. And, uh, and now, it's now, a great place to come visit. It really oh, is. Absolutely. If you're into this kind of thing. If you're not, it's just great to see. I mean, you can tell. You can definitely tell quality. And no oh, matter yeah. what you're looking at, anything in the whole world, and it's no different with this stuff. Now, Tracy, I was going to mention to you as well that the, the NRCHA, the National Rain Cow Horse Association, is having their uh, Hackamore Classic show in Tulsa. And uh, I know how it makes me feel to go down there and visit and, and see your some of the best trainers in the world using your stuff. What do you think of that? Well, it'll make you puff up a little bit, won't it? <laughs> you know, I mean, I it. I'm a humble guy. Like I said, I, I don't. I don't think I deserve half of it, but boy, when you see, you know, Matt Cook or or Lee Deacon or you know Brandon Brandon Clark or one of those guys riding in your bits out there under the big lights, boy, I mean, how can you not but puff up a little bit, you know, and be proud of yourself? So yeah, it's and they're uh, doing it for money, and, and you know they're not they riding them just because they're pretty, Jim. Right, right, that's right, not the right, only reason. Right, you right. know why they're riding them? Because they work. They work on those horses. They're they're riding them on, and they're pretty on top of it. That's just mm-hmm. an added bonus. Sure. You know, and well, that's really something to be said to be in that caliber. Well, I talked to him, sat down and visited with Matt Cook, and uh, I was talking to him about my bit, and, you know, and it's a nice bit. And I said, well, how does it ride? You know, because when it comes down to it, that's all that matters. How does your horse like to pack it around? And he goes, that bit is fine. 
is great. And he goes, and it works on multiple horses. So that really, you know, that's just not a one, one, you know, it fits this particular horse. He said he's used it on several different horses and they all pack it around and really enjoy it. So that just makes me feel good because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how pretty they are. You know, if they don't work, they don't work. Who wants them? So. Well, you said a lot of your orders going to Montana and, and Wyoming. That tells you right there that's working cowboys. Yep. You know, working people. Yep. Nah. They got a lot of country to cover up there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of different kind of country. And you said you're even getting some overseas orders. Yeah. Uh, my old buddy Jay referred somebody to me, you know, from Switzerland. And they have, they have decided to order a bit from me. You're so. famous in Switzerland, man. Hey. <laughs> Isn't that something? Who yeah. would ever thought that? When you're over there working on the old strip mine ranch. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just a I'm just a country kid from Chelsea, Oklahoma. Who would ever thought? Well, we're darn proud of you. We got a lot of great bed and spur makers from right here in Oklahoma, oh, especially man. this county. We have uh, John D. Israel. The living His stuff legend. isn't the fanciest in the world, but living legend. Matlock Rose wrote his stuff, so yeah, must I mean, have worked pretty on. good. Who would you put on your Mount Rushmore of bitmakers? Ernie Marsh, Billy Clapper, John Israel. Need one more. I don't make bits. <laughs> uh, one more. Do you know Oscar Crockett's first shop, possible first shop, one of the first shops was right across the street from here. I know it. Oscar Crockett, the great Crockett Benton Spurs. Yeah, you've got a set of spurs back here that says a husk on it. From the first shop. Yeah. The only documented pair of spurs from the first shop, actually. One more, so yeah. just just so he won't get mad at me. Wilson Capron. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. He was already hard enough to do <laughs> He's on the Rushmore. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you might have put Adolph Byers on there. Well, you know, I mean. McChesney. I thought you might have put old McChesney on there. How far? I mean, yeah. There's there's too many. There's, there is. There's too many. I'm just joking around with you. But, you know, Those are Clapper, That's a great rap. The ones that ins- Billy Clapper. inspired you. Is one right. Yeah. What's up with Billy Clapper? I love his stuff. It's some of the best using stuff. It's classic. It works. It works. It's worked forever. It will always work. And like I said, when it comes down to it, that's all that matters. How good do they work? Because I could have the prettiest bit here, you know, 24 karat gold all over it. And if it doesn't work, who cares? That's not what I'm about, you know. I mean, I like them to be pretty, but I want somebody... Like Matt was talking to me, you know, they work. Yeah, that's got to make you feel good. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. Well, and I've heard many comments about your stuff. And the, the two things I get is how nice it is. And then I get how fast you've got to where you are right now. Well, I mean, you can measure that by... Years, or you could measure that by hours. Right. I have spent an enormous amount of time, hours-wise, trying to get to where I am, you know. So, because really, truly, I've been doing this full-time. It'll be three years in January. Wow. Well, don't matter how long it takes you to get there, you're there, man. Well, well, thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. I still feel I've got a long way to go. but Well, that's the way to keep a good attitude yeah. for sure. Well, I don't want you to ever get to the point where you, you are there because when you do that, you're done Yeah, as well, far as progressing. Right. Well, I got a short attention span anyway. You know, I feel right now I'm plateaued, so I've, I'm going to, to learn some sculpting in September, you know, because I'm just – kind of been doing the same thing i feel like over and over and over for the past six eight months and i'm ready to learn another thing to add to my repertoire can't wait to see it (laughs) is the sculpting like the javier yes yes that's what i'm going to learn yeah i want to mispronounce his last name that stuff looks hard stuff yeah that is cool stuff what other what other goals you have 
Well, one of these days, if I can be in the cool kids club and they'll have me, I wouldn't mind being in the TCAA, you know. And that's a great goal to have. It is. I mean, the the best of the best of the best, you know. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of it is, you know, who doesn't want to be amongst the best, you know, and be associated with the best. But the biggest deal is for me is I got two grandsons, you know, and I cowboyed for a long time. I don't have, I don't have anything. I'm not going to leave them a million dollars, but I'd sure be able to like leave them a legacy, you know, so they can say, hey, my, my papa was Tracy Morrison, bitmaker, member of the TCAA. Look at his stuff. So, oh, that's cool. That's cool. You know, I met your boy Levi long before I met you, and what a good kid. I thought he was such a good hand. He's he's a really good hand. Really, really good hand. He's a good hand. With Keep Colts. him from hanging out with him very long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I, I'm just kidding. Tracy, thanks for coming on. Jay, thanks for taking the time to come up oh, here. I enjoyed it. Talk about the gallery and you got everything. A, Thank you for everybody that was here for the Hackmore Classic over there in Tulsa that stopped by. Holy moly, we had a slew of people from all over the United States, Jimbo, on their way through to Tulsa. They stopped by, and we even Jay had some people even come up from from there. So, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I appreciate you guys having me on. It was it was fun. It was fun. And what you've got here is one in a million. Well, it's getting better and better every day. Thanks to guys like you, Tracy, and thank Thank you you. for uh, thank you for putting your stuff in here for sale. And hopefully, we don't have it long. (laughs) And you got to make something else. Yeah, sell it, and I'll build another for sure. Well, all right, everybody. You got anything, Jimbo? I just come by Tracy's bits. Me and Jimbo, we've been on the podcast trail about like we used to be on the rodeo trail. Yep. Holy moly. Three, four podcasts already this week. Yep. <laughs> and we're keeping adding them in. Good things on the way on the podcast. That's right. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Be sure to like, share, recommend, all that fun stuff. Leave a comment. We like the comments. It means a lot to me and Jimbo. We'll see you all later. Old stories like long lost friends Rodeos and late night bends History before our time Round pens and pasture rides Cowboys of the Osage